From LibertyCast Studios and the Defenders of Capitalism Project, here's another capital idea from your host, Mike Williams. Mike Williams here, defender and champion of laissez-faire capitalism. Welcome back to another episode of My Capital Idea with the Defenders of Capitalism Project. This is Michael Williams, your Defenders of Capitalism host, and I'm Joined again, finally, in studio with my co-host, Mitch Whitest. Hey, everybody. You've been a busy guy lately. Thanks for coming back and joining me. And you have, you've suggested an interesting topic of the day. It's today, too. I mean, we're, we're going to record this on the day. Tuesday, April 4th. April 4th, in the year of our Lord, 2023, President, former President Donald Trump was indicted by a grand jury in Manhattan today. I haven't necessarily kept up with it today. We read a little bit about it ahead of time. And we thought we'd try to connect this whole uh, indictment and the, as you explained it, Mitch, the circus that surrounds it. And this guy, this guy, Donald Trump, the circus that surrounds him to our theme of defending and championing capitalism, the only moral socioeconomic system, and mainly uh, maybe connecting it to you know, what's going on in the culture today, what's going on in the world. Uh, obviously, there's there's lots of news about gearing up for the 2024 election, who's jumping in, who's going to be a candidate on the right, on the conservative side, on the Republican side. It looks like uh, Bi- President Biden, even though he's not well-loved by the American people according to the polls and the results that are going on, uh, it looks like he's going to still run, but... Um, so we, we thought we'd talk about that in the context of the broader thing, but really focusing in on the main uh, idea as it connects to capitalism, uh, and that being the rule of law. So we'll get to that in a minute, but give us give us the lay of the land. You've maybe even, I don't know, maybe you haven't, but uh, I bet you've paid a little more attention to this in the last week or so than I have. Well, I'm not sure about that, but it's been hard to ignore <laughs> yeah. yeah. On any media channel. But uh, yeah, as you were saying, Mike, today, Donald Trump was indicted by a grand jury in Manhattan. And the charges we just learned were for falsifying business records in the first degree, 34 counts. And that is a felony, by the way, a class E felony, we are told. Uh, It's related to alleged hush money payments during the 2016 presidential campaign of Mr. Trump. Uh, There's a former porn star that's involved, a former Playboy model, uh, a former doorman who was allegedly paid off because he knew about an illegitimate child that Donald Trump allegedly had. I mean, you really just can't make this stuff up. But that's where we are. And uh, it, it really is a circus, Mike. So each of those 34 counts were were based on uh, falsifying business records? Yes, from what I understand, falsifying business records. And they're connecting this, are they connected in each case to campaign finance? Because that seems like that was the angle. They're saying that uh, maybe these kinds of things wouldn't have been prosecuted, but they really want to go after him. Because evidently hush money by itself is not necessarily illegal. If you're just saying hey, I'm going to pay you off so you be quiet about this topic. Uh, that's not necessarily legal. My understanding, again, I could be wrong about this, but the, the angle is, well, if you're paying somebody off, even if it's your own private business records, but you're doing it in the context of running for an office like the president's presidency, um, that's a violation of campaign finance laws. 
Well, and I think sub part of the statement on the indictment, you know, it does say that I'm just, I'm not directly quoting here, but it, it says something about, um, you know, misleading American voters during a campaign. Yeah. And then I, I think there's probably some suspicion around how that money was paid out from, you know, Trump's actual business. If it was paid out from his business, I don't know. But, you know, did people lie about how that money was spent and how it was recorded and all that sort of thing. Right. And if you can't tell, I'm, I'm like, I'm already tired of talking about it, but it seems like something we have to talk about. <laughs> kind of keep the energy up. You know, it's interesting. We were talking to our producer before we were starting to record here and asking her about whether she's heard. And she, and she was saying, oh, yeah, I guess that's no surprise. Yeah. <laughs> and I think there's a lot of people who feel that way. I mean, there is this Trump fatigue thing going on around, right? I mean, I yeah. think lots of people out there, who maybe aren't uh, uh, real, uh, you know, detractors or fans, uh, MAGA crowd either way um, of Trump. They just are kind of tired of hearing about him. And I think you're right. I think wherever wherever he goes, it's a circus-like atmosphere. And that's partly his genius, right? Uh, it he, is. He just seems to be that kind of marketer where no matter what, he pulls in, sucks in the, all the attention uh, no matter what kind of context, I mean, he just uh, has a, has a knack for doing that, and it, and it has been circus like. Yeah, I mean, there there are lots of people who are saying this is a very dark day because uh, it's the first time in American history we've had a former president brought up on such charges, right? Yeah, from what I understand, there was a certain issue with Ulysses S. Grant back in the day, uh, but yeah, different kinds of charges. And uh, probably a very different situation. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's interesting to me how people are reacting. It seems very partisan oftentimes. Although uh, I do think there are some, there are some people who are saying, uh, people on the left, I've read um, maybe publications on the left who are saying, yeah, this guy's a schmuck. He's, he's a, probably is a criminal. He probably should have been... Uh, uh, indicted before he became president as a business person, a lot of shady practices. I mean, his reputation in many ways is not very solid as a business person or as a human being. How so dare you? <laughs> so people who are not fans of his, though, are, are saying, you know, maybe this is politically motivated. Maybe maybe this, uh, uh, the prosecutor's name, I believe, is Alvin Bragg, yeah. Manhattan prosecutor, who from what I can tell, um, promised to find something about Trump. You know, when, before he became the Manhattan DA, he promised ahead of time, I'll find something to, to bring up about this Donald Trump and, and you know, bring him to court. And there are people on the left who are saying, yeah, this is politically motivated, not the best, uh, not the best battle to pick against uh, a former sitting president. But then you've got the rule of law, and the question is, you know, should if he's got evidence that someone committed a crime or evidently a series of crimes, um, is Donald Trump or uh, you know a media personality or certainly a former sitting president above the law? I think that's a good question. Yes, and I think that's why I wanted to title this episode: "Is this indictment a rule of law or the perversion of justice?" Because it seems like. That's that's how people in the two camps are trying to spin it. But yeah. your point about people on the left maybe being a little bit apprehensive about that, I've heard that as well. Um, There's a former White House chief of staff a few days ago who was being interviewed, and he said, you know, this really might set a dangerous precedent for politicians just trying to prosecute their political enemies. 
and he said, you know, what's to stop now an ambitious attorney general from just going to now prosecute Nancy Pelosi just to try to, you know, get his base all riled up and get himself in the news? Yeah, and I think we have seen more of that over the last several years, and we're going to probably continue. I think that's a very ominous sign where you're talking about people who are part of the justice system and supposed to be objective and focused on balance, focused on justice. If they're using the law and their power as an instrument of the law for political ends, uh, that's a really dangerous thing. And and it does seem like we're, we're headed down that path. It's also interesting to me that you know, there, I saw a poll of registered voters. And the question they asked was, do you think the Manhattan district attorney's case involving former President Trump is mainly motivated by politics or mainly motivated by the law? And 62% of the registered voters said mainly by politics, 32% mainly by the law. Now it does break down, you know, again, probably along party lines, but it it does look like there are more, a substantial number of Democrats who are saying, yeah, this is This looks like it's motivated by politics. Yeah, and I think it has been hard to know. So here's my point about the circus and what we've seen in the days leading up to this indictment. You know, well, first, you have CNN, I saw yesterday, had a page on its website where you could watch the flight path of Donald Trump's plane from Florida to New York. And today, you know, there's just this big banner that says the arraignment of Donald J. Trump. Like, give me a break. Right, breaking news. And then, I mean, I saw that same thing. They've got a camera outside of Trump Tower just waiting for him to be, you know, know, for like three seconds to come out of the hotel or whatever and be transported to the courtroom. It is a circus. uh, And that's unfortunately sort of the times that we live in. And he's definitely, you know, he's a phenomena of that. I mean, we, we, we have this... This culture where people are glued to their TV for things like this that are, are maybe less than, I mean, it is big news, but it's it's been coming. We've been kind of anticipating it, and, and like you said, it's like a show. And I think what's also been interesting, too, you know, this was announced last Thursday that this is going to be happening, and you have congressional Republicans, presidential wannabes, you know, you have Mike Pence, Ron DeSantis— are coming out saying, oh, no, this is politically motivated. You have a bunch of people on the left coming out saying, I'm so happy that the rule of law is going to be upheld. Well, we didn't even find out what the charges were until today, you yeah. know. So <laughs> even going back to your CNN poll, you know, now I think it's okay to have opinions if this is politically motivated or not. But until today, we didn't even know what Donald Trump was actually being charged with. So, you know, it's kind of hard to come up with a statement that things are politically motivated or not politically motivated when you don't even know what he's being indicted for. That That's the weird thing about this is that he has somehow been able to manage the media that way. And his enemies that way. I mean, like you said, you had a lot of the people on the Democratic side saying this is the rule of law without actually knowing what the charges would be. And and then you had, I don't know if you saw the comment by uh, Pelosi, but she was saying, this is proper, this is all good, and he should be brought to, he'll have his day in court to prove his innocence. Yeah, I saw that. You know, and you know, it just shows the ignorance with her understanding of the, the proper role of government in the first place, that you know, he should be <laughs> considered innocent until he's found guilty. But, you know, it, it isn't like this guy hasn't been in the news for the last 20 years. And, yeah. and there are a lot of people, myself included, uh, that believe they have enough evidence, not necessarily on these charges, but throughout his career of, of being a schmuck at least. Oh, yeah. 
and and in many cases being not such a great president. That's maybe an understatement. But uh, but you're right that that's part of the the culture that we live in. And what's amazing to me is seeing the statistics about how much more money he's raising. Oh, I cannot believe if you are sending Donald Trump money, please stop. Yeah. Please. Well, there there are people out there. I mean, this is why it's it's kind of he's kind of a cult like figure. I mean, there are people out there who, no matter what, they believe he's the the savior of our country, and uh, they see an attack on him, and he's going to use it to raise more money. Yeah. No. It, well, it's true, and and he and his children are all spinning this as you know, I'm the only thing standing in between them and you. You know, almost this Messiah, right? Yeah. Who's going to save us? But anyway. I think enough about my personal distaste of the man. What I would like to talk a little bit about, Mike, before we get into, you know, is this particular case actually about upholding the rule of law or not? Can you just talk a little bit more and remind us all, you know, why is the rule of law important? Why is it important to remember that we are a republic and not a, you know, quote unquote democracy? Wondering if you could just review that for us for a second. Sure, and 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 this—it's amazing to me that this comes as news to lots of people, um, even people who might be, you know, fans of ours in this show. There are a lot of people out there who do think of democracy as a good thing, as something that uh, our country was founded upon. And I often try to correct people and show them how the founders actually abhorred democracy. I mean, if you have a, if you have a system that's designed to protect individual rights, which is what I say was the fundamental mindset of the founders and the intellectual ammunition that they were going to make their case to the American people when not only when they were declaring independence from England, but also setting up a whole new government, including the Constitution later on was basically to be able to defend the rights of an individual to live their own life. That means that you are defending the individual not only from a king or a pope or society in general, but certainly the majority. It's designed to defend the minority against a mob, so to speak. That's oftentimes the the shorthand I use for the majoritarian instincts that people have when they think about democracy. And and a lot of times people will make this quick distinction about, well, Wait, we do vote on stuff, and there's a lot of a lot of parts of our system that are democratically oriented or have democratic parts of the institution. But again, that's that's fundamentally uh, about having majorities within the context of a constitution that is designed to protect the minority. So, for people who are uh, defenders of capitalism and champions of free trade and the, all the benefits that come along with free trade, they need to understand that the rule of law is probably or potentially the most crucial aspect of a capitalist system. The rule of law itself means two things, in essence. One is, is the law based on, does it follow a certain kind of form? Is the law in writing? Is it understandable? Can the public understand it? Can they, can they know about it? Is, it? is it published? Is it, is it all out there for people to see and know and, and to understand whether they can follow it? Because otherwise, you're a criminal before you even know it. If you can't know what's legal and not legal behavior, then you can't necessarily follow the law. You'll have so, a chance to prove you're innocent. Right, exactly. So there's all kinds of parts of this form of the law. It's got to be stable and consistent. And there should be no retroactive law. You can't say, okay... Well, you did this behavior two years ago, and now we've changed the law, so we're finding you 
guilty of a law we just created based on prior behavior. There shouldn't be this retroactive aspect of the law. But perhaps more importantly than the form, because there's a lot of constitutions, there's a lot of laws or countries that have laws that follow that form. They write them down and they say, okay, we're going to make sure they're publicly known and so forth. But the most important aspect is the purpose or the mission or the underlying uh, reason for the law. And that is, uh, the purpose is justice. The purpose is to, again, protecting rights. And in that, you have to have a view of objectivity. And mobs are known throughout history of not being objective. People oftentimes do things in groups that they wouldn't do in their own deliberative, solitary state. So objectivity is a crucial piece. I mean, and it's interesting because oftentimes people think, you know, someone who's defending free markets and laissez-faire. I often use the word laissez-faire capitalism to describe, you know, leave me the hell alone. Let me do what I want with my life. My life is mine. Your life is yours. And we get to both do whatever the hell we want with our lives. And I mean that literally up until the point of if I'm violating your right, rights or right, violating your life. That's where the law comes in, is to, to make that determination. That's where the, a proper law comes in. Making that determination is, okay, now are you violating someone else's freedom, freedom of action, freedom of thought, freedom of speech, their ability to live their life the way they want. And so it's oftentimes confusing to people who think about you know the libertarian view of capitalism. Well, you're for just do whatever you want. Well, yeah, I am for do whatever you want within the context of not violating someone else's rights. And that's where that crucial aspect of the law comes in. And and so, you know, kind of pulling it back to this whole idea of what's happening in our culture today, or specifically uh, indicting former President Trump. To me, it's very important that we make sure that we strengthen, well, first of all, understand, and then strengthen this idea, this concept of the rule of law, both the form and the purpose of the rule of law. And uh, it's unfortunate that, in my view, we've had a continual erosion. This case itself is an example of that. I mentioned that this uh, Manhattan district attorney, if he's trying to get this position to become a, a district attorney, and part of his, his motivation is to tell potential constituents, well, you should make me the district attorney because I, I will follow through and I'll find something to, to bring justice against President Trump. Uh, I'll just find something. I'll find some charges to, to bring up against him. That's not the rule of law. That's, that's someone who has a political vendetta. That's, that's one example of how the rule of law is not being applied in this case. If we do have people going after someone because of their political views or because they're the opposition versus actually showing that they've created a crime. Now, on the other hand, there are people who are saying, you know, he's a former president. This is a mockery of justice. You know, we can't, we can't do this. Uh, it's a mockery of our system. We can't, uh, we can't charge a former president this way. They're ignoring the rule of law of people being treat, treated equally before the law. So we have a continual, in my view, we've had a continual erosion of this rule of law. Now, that can be overstated. I mean, we are still, in my view, we meaning the U.S., United States of America is still probably the, the, the system that still most upholds that. It still has at least a legacy of a judicial system that says, no, we're going to operate in an objective manner. So in your view, what's happening now, this indictment, Mike, is not really following the, the rule of law, is not really a, an appropriate usage of the rule of law. I wouldn't necessarily say that. I mean, okay. I, I, I think that uh, it's possible. Uh, I, I think the, the problem is when you, when you go down this path of having a, a, a political system that itself never focuses on what its role is. 
you know, what is the government's role? I don't think that the American people ask that question enough. What is the proper role of my government? We have people in positions of power who have way too much power, whether it's whether it's the president or Congress people, uh, senators. They have way too wide of scope of things they can vote on, way too wide of scope of things they can actually set policy on. Um, the Constitution is supposed to prevent those things, to actually control the government, to limit the government. What we mean by a limited government is having the Constitution say, here's the scope of your actions. In fact, it's very clear the Constitution does say, as the executive or the president, here's what you can do. You can do these things. It's delegating powers. And I, I oftentimes belabor this point, but I think maybe it can't be uh, emphasized enough. The Constitution doesn't give the government any rights whatsoever. Sometimes people say, well, Trump was within his rights to do this, or Congress was within its rights to do that. Congress doesn't have any rights at all. The President Trump has no rights at all, qua President Trump. Uh, same thing with Biden. A president doesn't have rights as a president. They have delegated powers. In, in acting as a president, they have certain powers that the American people, through their constitution, have delegated to the executive branch. And the same thing is true of, of the other branches of government. But the, the, the people themselves are the ones who retain rights. And that's oftentimes not understood. Uh, so when you ask the question, you know, is this case an example of how the rule of law is not being properly applied? Well, you could argue it both ways. You see how the, the people in power, including the district attorney, are using the system not to say I'm wanting to exact justice, but I'm going after my enemy. And that's a dangerous thing. So if we have listeners, you know, some of whom may feel that this is a horrible miscarriage of justice, others are saying, well, by God, it's about time. What would you say to them? Well, I would say I don't know, I don't know the charges well enough, but my, my gut feeling is that it's a battle that has been picked that probably is not the best one, either for the rule of law or for, it looks like potentially either for that or for the political ends that they want. I mean, if the, you know, the people on the left, the Democrats who are, who are saying, yeah, this is good, what happens if, if, he, uh, if there is, isn't enough evidence to actually convict him? What is Donald Trump going to do with that? Now, maybe there is. Maybe there's enough evidence. Maybe, but, but I can see this going, okay, there are 34 counts. They, didn't, they don't convict him. Yeah. And then Trump's going to say, I'm exonerated. Right. See, they're just those bastards are just going after me, and I'm the one who's out here protecting you. I'm the one who's for the rule of law. What a perversion! Yeah, right, I mean, right. Uh, so I don't, I don't know how to answer that. I, I don't know the the counts well enough, but my my gut feeling uh, and my reading of it is that uh, this is probably not the the charges that should have been brought up before him because it's only going to fuel. It is like we said, fueling his fundraising. And it's very possible that it's uh, going to fuel his uh, 2024 campaign. Yeah, I think I think I agree with that, Mike. I think what I would would tell everyone is the same thing I tell myself. Which, first of all, the past few days, I really did just want to wait. I wanted to see what these charges were, and now we know. And I think, like you said, maybe this you know this just may not be the best use of the justice system here for a few reasons. But that's also not saying that I believe Donald Trump is a believer in the rule of law either. No, no, no. He isn't. I mean, I think, I think that's, in my mind, well established, that he, he has no regard for the rule of law. And that's, that's what makes, makes it 
I mean, it's worse than a circus. It's, 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 a, it's a travesty because you have people like that who, who will use things. They'll use that term, the rule of law, without actually having any appreciation of it or intent on following it. And we've gotten to that point partly because we've multiplied the laws so much and gotten them. We, we've violated both the form and certainly the intent of the law uh, such that we've got such a monstrosity of what we call laws, sometimes regulations, oftentimes you know, uh, rules that don't have the force of law, never were deliberated upon by a legislative body. Um, and so this compounding effect is people don't understand the rule of law. I mean, here's a good, uh, you know, this may sound out of context, but how many times have we seen the issue of uh, immigration? You know, people come in crossing the border and, you know, effectively the Biden administration is doing much of the same thing that the Trump administration was doing before. Yeah. But they flip it as far as what the, how they're justifying it. Right. And, 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 or marijuana laws. I mean, you know, for a while in Colorado, uh, we now have legal marijuana, but for a while, when no state had legalized it, they, quote, decriminalized it. What does it mean to decriminalize something? It means to say, we're going to ignore the rule of law, right? <laughs> it's illegal, but we're just not going to do anything right. about it. We got better things to do, or we got bigger fish to fry, or whatever it is. I mean, and that's that's another point. I mean, I hate to keep coming down on this Alvin Bragg, but I think it's a good example of him being a disaster. I mean, he not only said initially, I'm going to find something to bring Trump up on, but he has been one of the, and these are well-publicized cases around the country of, of district attorneys who are saying, just that, just what we're talking about. I'm not going to prosecute certain crimes. You know, I'm going to ignore certain things that are on the books because I don't believe they should be a crime. I'm just not going to prosecute certain crimes. Now, in every case that we've seen that where district attorneys have done that, what has happened to the crime rates? I mean, what has happened to if, if you say, well, um, it's got to be over a thousand dollars of property theft, otherwise we're not going to we're not going to uh, prosecute it. What happens to theft? I mean, it goes up. People start uh, saying, well, okay, I can get away with stealing a $900 TV or whatever it is. That has happened in every case. And uh, there's a long list of, of things that this guy came out and said, uh, we're not going to enforce these laws. So it's, it's selective enforcement of the law that continues to erode most of the public's confidence and trust in the law. And again, it's partly because we've gotten here over decades of compounding using politics instead of to protect rights to go after our enemies or to get certain political ends met. One thing also that I want to add, Mike, I think to anybody listening, whether you, you feel good about the charges or you feel horrible about it, one thing that's, I think, really good to do, and we've talked about this before, just turn off your news because it really is the circus. Like I said, CNN had the flight tracker for Trump's plane. You know, Fox News has all kinds of stuff going on about this. I'm sure Tucker Carlson will have very well thought out articulate words on it. You know, it's not healthy to become obsessed with these sorts of things. And I think if you just turn off the news, let yourself think a little bit, calm down. I think that's the best thing that you could probably do for yourself because, quite frankly, this may be the smallest of Trump's legal troubles. We may be looking at, at some potential issues with um, him trying to influence uh, the Georgia election count in 2020, which I think actually is 
a very serious issue. Yeah, that's a much more serious charge. I, I think. I think you're right yeah. about that. I did want to ask you before you go down on that path on some of the other other things, uh, violations of the law from former President Trump. I wanted to ask you. You touched on this a little bit, but some of these other uh, Republican presidential candidates, for example, Mike Pence, I mean, he he hasn't declared yet, but he it looks like for all practical purposes, he is planning on running for president. But I mean, he's supporting Trump in this context, right? Uh, yeah, like. he says that the charges are politically motivated. And he said that to, I think it was Neil Cavuto a few days ago. And Neil Cavuto said, well, don't you think you should wait to see what the charges are? <laughs> Yeah, so all the all these uh, tribalists on the Republican side were trying to get out in front and say, and, and, and it's it's odd to me because if they're running against him, you know, DeSantis, for example, why wouldn't they take that opportunity to say, yeah, I mean, if he's indicted, then we should let that legal proceeding run its course. Well, I think it still shows the power that Trumpism still has within the party, and and people feel that in order to get the nomination. You know, they obviously need to peel supporters away from Trump, but they feel that they should not be aggressive towards him or that they should somehow insinuate that he is in the wrong. I, I mean, you know, you have Mike Pence who, who has said, Donald Trump put my family in danger on January 6th, right? I mean, if I was Mike Pence, I'd say, Donald Trump, go to hell. I don't care what Alvin Bragg does to you. But then again, I'm not running for president. So it is kind of amazing to me. But, you know, on the other hand, it doesn't surprise me. I think these candidates feel like they do need to walk on eggshells because on one hand, you need to woo over the Trump supporters. And on the other hand, to woo over Trump supporters, you got to do it without being really nasty about Trump. Or that's what they think. But that's that's one of the, the amazing things is how much has this whole Trump phenomenon been about ideas, principles, oh, it's not. the law, or is it about a personality? And, and, and do the Trump people, the Trump supporters, are they that fragile in terms of their thinking? Or people like, you know, like you said, uh, Mike Pence or, or uh, some of the other candidates, are, are they that, I guess they're assessing the MAGA crowd as being that cultish or that vehement about following Trump, no matter what. Well, I, I think that, you know, Pence and DeSantis and others, they don't want to turn into the them, right? We talked about how Donald Trump is saying, I'm the only one standing in between them and you. And, you know, if you get cast as one of the them, there is the perception that that's going to be very dangerous for your electoral success in but the future. But isn't that so insulting of, of uh, both the general public, the general voting public, and the mega crowd. I mean, isn't that, again, reinforcing the cultish nature of this guy? It in does. In the sense of saying, wait, there's no one out there who might have, uh, I mean, let's assume that Donald Trump, and I you know, I, th I will give credit where credit's due. I mean, there's there's cases where he articulates things that I agree with, you know, reducing regulation or... or yeah, or taxes. Some, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, where he's articulating some things. There are other people who could articulate it, maybe even better than he can, and actually right. follow through on it better than he can. Right. Uh, and why wouldn't the, those voters say, well, maybe this, maybe this guy's, you know, onto something. Maybe this guy over here could do that as well, or maybe even do it better. I mean, to try to paint everyone out there, and, and, and of course, I do the same thing in the sense that I paint uh, Trump as one of the one of the swampsters. I mean, he he's characterizing himself as draining the swamp. He did nothing of the sort. No, he filled it up. Yeah. <laughs> now, there, there are a couple of people, uh, you know, who were part of his administration in some way or another who have had some more objective comments. You know, John Bolton uh, has said, 
you know, that the Republicans should dump Trump. And, and I agree with him. Now, now, a lot of people were saying, you know, that it was because at the end of their relationship, as far as him being part of the Trump administration, there was a falling out. So John Bolton's one of the thems, even though he was saying the same thing when he was part of the Wees or part of the MAGA group. Uh, and same thing with Chris Christie, right? Yeah. I mean, Chris Christie is amazing. He's had a stunning transformation. Uh, now he seems to be becoming the anti-Trumper. Uh, and there's speculation that he's thinking of running for president as well. So maybe he's one of the individuals who does want to differentiate himself in that way. Isn't uh, uh, the Arkansas governor um, saying the same thing, though? You know, I'm not sure about Hutch- that. I think Hutchinson's, I don't know if he announced, but he sounds like he's going to run for president and he's doing the same thing. So it's a good sign in my mind. If you have a few people who will actually you know, get out there and say, look, we, we got to be honest about this guy. The problem, of course, is that Trump is so masterful at dividing conquering that, and this is what happens in 2016, right? And then you had, you had what a lot of people at the time thought, and myself included, I'm not sure I agree with this assessment today, but that the Republicans had a lot of strong candidates and that uh, any one of them should have been able to beat Hillary Clinton. But they all ended up fighting amongst themselves and and somehow Trump was able to divide them and none of them dropped out soon enough they couldn't coalesce around someone other than Trump and that's how he won and and that's uh, you know potentially what'll happen again here in terms yeah. of him getting the nomination we'll see and you know I don't want this podcast just to become the 2024 yeah election speculation machine but I'm a little jaded I mean whether Trump wins or loses, we know now he'll just claim fraud and he'll say he won either way. So I don't know. I'm not looking forward to that process. Yeah. So I think I think the main thing, as you said, people should, uh, first of all, take a breath, maybe not watch as much cable news or inflammatory news. There are some good news sources. We've yeah. talked about that before, you know, and maybe try to try to get more than one news source, try to have uh, multiple places that they go to for news and hopefully something in writing, you know, something they have to read a little bit and get more more of a deliberative, thoughtful uh, versus some visual. I think oftentimes cable news is just built around you know eyeballs, and they all have to support themselves in some way or another. They got to sell advertising or whatever it might yeah, be. In infotainment. Terms of yeah, but it's 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 not necessarily what I would call news. That's the first step. But then educate yourself more on on what the rule of law means and what it means to have a system that is rights respecting, which I call you know a capitalist system. That's what that's what I mean by capitalism. It's almost synonymous. Rights respecting means you have a right to live your life and your property and your ability to do what you want with those things, and you have to respect someone else's. Otherwise, again, you can you can do whatever you want with that. A judicial system that's set up as rights respecting means objectivity, using the rule of law as I outlined it to make sure we adjudicate differences amongst people or criminals. That's that is probably the major conclusion. Have people turn off some of that cable news media, think for themselves, think independently. It's almost like you're saying, Mike, that it's possible to believe that both Alvin Bragg and Donald Trump are maybe both in the wrong. Bingo. I think, I think, <laughs> I think that's a, a good summary. I, I, as far as I can tell, that's, that's probably a good, the best way to, to wrap this up, Mitch, is that uh, both of them, uh, neither one of them are re- representative of the rule of law. Neither one of them are really what we want and need in uh, public leadership. Um, I agree. It's not terminal. Uh, here we are, uh, Mitch and I are talking on a fairly regular basis about this whole idea of having the rule of law and a system that does respect rights, That's that system being capitalism. And and we hope you'll continue to educate yourself and, and listen to us, share 
share information about that podcast. Give us suggestions if you have other topics that you want us to cover. Anything else you want to talk about as far as this indictment from today? I think we covered it. I, I, hope, I hope we never hear about the indictment again. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Maybe we'll be talking about it next week. Hopefully not. Probably next year. Thanks for joining us. We've really enjoyed our conversation here. Hopefully you have too, and we'll talk to you next time. Yeah.